This is the Sneaky Plays Podcast, presented by JokerMag.com. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Sneaky Plays Podcast. Uh, it's Chris Morris alongside Dom Fierro. No Brian Contino this week. Uh, yep. Figured we, yeah, we'd be rolling with a two-man crew, testing it out. Um, yeah, Tino's, you know, he's focusing on the uh, on the baseball stuff right now. Uh, with his buddy, they're doing you know division previews week by week. Um, so yeah, Tom and I for the foreseeable future, talking NBA, talking college hoops. Um, gonna get into some combine stuff tonight, but uh, yeah, just uh, just us two uh, goofballs tonight. So yeah, what's we're, up, Tom? we're like a, a modern day Mike and the Mad Dog. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. You, you don't like Francesa, but oh, I actually hate him. I but... would. I would much rather be, be Mad Dog. Oh, I somebody's got Somebody's got to be the good cop around here. I can charge eight ninety nine for an app that you know and get paid. You know, get paid for that. I have no problem with it. Uh, uh, <laughs> dog, I disagree. Dog, I never said that. <laughs> yeah, you, I heard a. Uh, what's going? I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast this week, and uh, he told he, he laid out how he laid down a few shekels on a green book to win best picture at the Oscars. Uh, and, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, it is point was they asked him like the, the guests he had in the pot. They were like, Oh, you sniped that. How'd you know? He's like, well, to be honest, I was listening to Francesa like over the weekend and he, he would not shut up about green book. Uh, he's like, oh, green book. Oh, that's the best movie I've seen in years. Green, green book's got to win. And Bill's like, you know, Mike Francesa is an old white guy. And what is the Academy board full of old white guys? So yeah. I think, I think Green Book's got a good shot, and sure enough, it did win. It was a great movie, by the way. So I, I haven't got to see it, though. Really good. Yeah, really I good. Want, yeah, I did see A Star is Born over so, Yeah, I saw that as well. Also, I really liked it. Yeah. So, anyways, so let's dive into a little uh, NFL Combine stuff. Are you a fan of it? Uh, some parts I like. Um, I mean, it's always exciting to watch certain people do it. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the times the top guys don't even, don't even work out. You know, the top quarterbacks don't throw, they don't want to hurt their stock. Um, you know, the top running backs don't want to run the 40 because, you know, they don't want to hurt their times and so on and so forth. So from that standpoint, it's a little like, all right, you know, if the top guys aren't even going to do it, like, you know, not quite as interesting for me, but there's some stuff that I do think is cool. Um, like I like watching the 40 yard dashes. I like watching who surprises and that stuff. Um, I like watching the bench presses. Um, those are always entertaining with the with the nut job that I think works for the Cardinals, or at least did for years. He would always be the uh, be the one racking them on the uh, on the bench. Um, yeah, he's a, he's the best. But uh, I mean, you know, there's other parts that are it, they don't do a whole lot for me. But I definitely do like watching certain guys work out to see if they can up their stock or not. I also don't think it's I think there's some stuff that you can take into play there, but I think for the most part, some of it's overrated. I mean, like there's, there's a difference that to me between 40 speed and in game speed or, you know, quickness on the field, you know, in a high pressure situation based off of just like an agility drill and a combine. Um, and you know, I think guys suck. Like, I mean, obviously we saw John Ross a couple of years ago have, you know, an unbelievable four two forty, one of the fastest forties in combine history. All of a sudden, shoots into the top ten, gets picked. What was it, eighth, ninth overall by the Bengals? Oh, something ridiculous. Like that. Now he's on yeah. the block. Yeah, I mean that was ridiculous. I mean everybody oh. knew that guy wasn't that good, and he's got like a combined thirty catches in two years. 
And now there's rumors out there that the Eagles want to trade for him, which I have no idea why. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise that. But, yeah, so, I mean, there's stuff like that that it's like, you know, you can have some misleading stats. But actually watching it, I mean, it's nonstop. It seems like it goes forever. You uh, know? So it's really only like, what, what is it, like a week? I think, it started, I think it started today and it ends Monday. I want That's say. it? It's only, yeah. Well, yeah. Seems, yeah, it seems the, like it goes forever. The first day is like them all like getting naked in front of all the scouts and right and GMs and whatnot and getting their measurements because God forbid you're, <laughs> you know, you could be 6'1", but if you're 6'1 and a half somehow, that's yeah. uh, uh And then they just kind of break it down into groups. For me, I love, I used to be way more into it than, yeah, I did too. I definitely liked it more when I was younger. I don't know if that was because, like, it was almost like legend with the combine because it was never on TV. Right, right, yeah. Now it's like, it's just all, I mean, they're having, I think it's on three channels this weekend, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. But for me, like the bench press, you know, it, it, yeah, it's cool to watch, but we all know the guys who are going to have the big, you know, reps. And this is the kind of strength and conditioning type in me. This is the guys' offensive alignment, guys with big chest guys with you know short arms and you know that's just how it is they're gonna eat all easily get over 35 40 reps yeah that's just how they are watching the 40 is exciting i do love myself uh some big man defensive line offensive line 40 running that is fun yeah i forgot about that that is funny those guys so fast i mean (laughs) they'll never do that in the game but man those guys that's the thing it's like really these guys are never gonna do this in a game but it is entertaining i guess yeah, so, and, you know, I guess it's exciting to have kind of a glimpse of what could be because, obviously, once the combine comes around, you know, we were talking about it earlier today, it's the combine, then it's free agency, then it's the draft, and then soon enough it's OTAs and, you know, training camp starting in, in, in July. So Yeah, this is this is the good time of the NFL offseason, you know, which is right after the season because, you know, obviously, like you said, you, you hop right into the combine, and then free agency is right around the corner. I mean, I- the new league year starts in what, like the middle of March? So the March that's when, Yeah, exactly. So that's when you're allowed to start signing free agents. So that's only like two weeks away. Um, then you got that, and then obviously the whole draft process lasts forever, and the draft is at the very end of April, and there's all the hype and lead up to that. Yeah. And you know, free agents are signing, you know, usually throughout March. Then I think the schedule comes out like sometime in the middle of April, a couple weeks before the draft. Everybody gets all excited about that. Yeah. You know, see what matchups, see when they are. Um, so yeah, that's usually like the March, April part of the NFL off season is exciting when it dies off is really after the draft from like May through July, there's really three dead months where it's just, you know, there, there's no football and you turn on NFL network and the topics these guys are talking about is, Oh, what was your favorite off season food? You know, it's <laughs> shit, shit like that where it's like, God, we're really going to the bottom of the barrel here to find some topics. Um, but then obviously, yeah, it kicks back up in August with training camp. But we're in the uh, we're coming up on the good time of the uh, the NFL offseason right now. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely exciting. I think it's only made better with guys from college who you know like a Kyler Murray type story, or you know like last year we had which quarterbacks going number one. You know, yeah, so, that was yeah, that was a lot of buzz for a while. Yeah, it makes that transition a little bit better. And I mean, even today. With a lot of the, not even just today, but last few days with people, with whether it's been the suspensions of guys, uh, the franchise tax guys, the, you know, the craft situation. Yeah, craft. <laughs> I, don't, I have no interest in diving into that. I don't know if you were. No, I don't either. I, I, I care less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
and then you got like Le'Veon Bell and how he's finally free, you know, and all this stuff. So, but I just wanted to get your kind of feeling about the combine because I know a lot of people do get way too into it. So yeah, but, yeah. No, I, I'm not one of the people that gets way too into it. When I was younger, I definitely did. Oh I yeah, like, yeah. When I was like 12. I ate, all, I ate all that shit up. I could watch it for hours at a time. Um, not as much now, but I'll still tune in a little bit. I'll watch some highlights. No, yeah, definitely. I'll probably do the same. Uh, so transitioning from the NFL Combine into the NBA, we have you know some good amount of stuff to talk about this week. Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> With uh, you know the playoff Lakers and you know playoff LeBron. Oh, not go- so playoff Lakers. <laughs> we're gonna go into. You know, I don't know that they did. They go into Memphis and lose, or did they did? They were. They right? did. Yeah, it was in Memphis, but they were losing the whole game and really could never, you know, it was close, but they never really got control of the game and just ended up losing. It's just embarrassing. How how are you losing to Memphis when you're not even in the playoffs right now? I know. Understand. No sense of and after they lost to New Orleans without without Davis too. I mean, there's no sense of urgency with that team and you know, you got LeBron calling out the young guys and he's turning into Kyrie now with the with these post-game press conferences. And, you know, I, I love LeBron. I've always been a big LeBron guy, on the court at least. I love his, you know, I, I think you shouldn't take somebody that talented who's probably the second greatest player of all time for granted. I think it's silly to hate on him so much. Um, you can, you know, you can dislike some of his, you know, passive aggressiveness, you know, the tweets, the you know, all the drama he brings to situations. I mean, I don't really care much for that stuff either. I think it's a little ridiculous and over the top, and I wish he would cut it out, but – his on-court productivity, you know, you just can't argue with, and I marvel at watching the guy play basketball. But, I mean, with what he's doing now, like, I mean, yes, obviously he got hurt. Okay, he missed 18, 20 games, whatever it was or so. And if he didn't get hurt, they would be firmly entrenched in the playoffs right now. Not that they'd really be a threat to, you know, come out of the West or anything, but they'd be, they'd be a playoff team. But, you know, I mean, ever since he's come back, like, these are young guys they've clearly never been through a situation like this before where their names were floated around in trade talks. And it was, you know, all the drama with the Davis situation and it clearly threw a wrench into their chemistry. You know, the veterans haven't been playing well outside of Rondo really. And he's even been hurt for half the season. But I I mean, if you're LeBron, like, dude, you can't, you can't say things like, Oh, you know, this isn't the franchise for you. If you're still worrying about so-and-so and, and, you know, you, you lose to Memphis, and then you go on Instagram and say, uh, you know, I'm honored. I, c- I could never have dream- dreamt about, you know, getting whatever. What, what milestone did he achieve the other night? Most It was – I can't – what was it? It was like the sixth person ever to score was something, it? thousand points. I don't even remember. Yeah, it was something it was. ridiculous. But, like, you know, yeah, it's like, dude, why are you posting about that on Instagram after you just lost to the fucking Memphis Grizzlies? Like, come yeah. on, man. I mean, if you're going to activate, you know, playoff mode – Playoff for Ron wins that game by thirty if he has to do it himself. You know, it's that's not you know you don't lose to Memphis in you know what is there maybe twenty five games left. Less, I think it's like twenty two or something. Yeah, there's yeah. not there's not many games less. I mean, they they have to get going otherwise they're going to be on the inside out. But at the same time, I almost feel like that's LeBron's kind of idea. <laughs> you know, it's well, I can go to the playoffs and kind of you know have these guys be like, all right made the playoffs young guys maybe they're all right or i can have this team completely blown up in the offseason and get what i want and all of a sudden because they know the warriors the warriors are gonna be nothing next year you know from the sounds of it um what's his name yeah he's out yeah 
Yeah, Clay Thompson's looking. I think Clay Thompson's going to want to go to the Lakers. KD obviously is, you know, pretty much. I think the Knicks are a favorite to land him. Yeah. Uh, you know, Draymond Green will be there. I know. Uh, Steph Curry will be there. Demarcus Cousins is done at the end of the year. We don't know yeah. if he'll sign or not. He's kind of getting tired. It feel it seems like. Yeah, old. he's he's out tonight. I think already for load management or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he was. I know he was getting tired about. Uh, you know, they were only blending and play 20 minutes or 25 minutes, whatever it was a game. And he was like, I can play. Like, I'm ready to go, you know. So, but that's it's that's what's kind of crazy to me is that LeBron is, you know, like the Lakers weren't an awful team last year, I will say. Yeah, they were they, all right. They were like a competitive yeah. bad team. They were like what you expected of them. Yeah, right. You know? But when you get LeBron, I mean, Rondo's still a good point guard that does the job. And just to kind of hear what's been going on this year over there in L.A. is, you know, it's crazy to me. And I just can't believe that LeBron, not even like LeBron would let that go and kind of how he's been kind of, oh, well, I, you know, like you said with the Instagram post or, you know, there was a thing. I don't know if you saw a few days ago there was something about him in the studio with 2 chains. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I saw that too. Yeah, he's and then the Space Jam 2 conversation yeah. comes out. It's like. He's got you're the, talking about everything, you know, these guys should be worrying about what's going on, but, like, your, your head seems like it's so far away from basketball by yeah. all these other accounts. It's, it's crazy to me. <clears throat> you kind of flip it to the East, and the Celtics are now kind of going through the same type of thing. Oh, man, uh, they're in flummox, that team. Yeah, I mean, they got blown out last night by the Raptors. They even look competitive from, you know, <clears throat> a large portion of the game. I mean, I know it's the Raptors, but the Celtics are right there. You know, my yeah. Those two teams are kind of equal. Yeah, no, they're supposed to be two of the top. I mean, they are two of the top four in the East, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, Boston's supposed to be – I mean, before the season, obviously, we know everybody was picking Boston to win 60, 65 games and coast to the finals and just – I mean, they lost to the freaking Bulls by 20 or something. Oh, my like God. Too. I mean, that's just – that's a team – I think they beat them by, like, 50 earlier in the year. I don't know yeah. what it is with that team. And, I mean, Kyrie, like – it's funny we're talking about LeBron and Kyrie, these two guys that went to Bates and did great things together, and now they're just driving the driving the ship down for both of their teams. Um, but, I mean, he's having, like, his best statistical season, which is pretty amazing. But, I mean, they just seem unhappy, and it doesn't make any sense because you watched Boston last year and, like, in previous years with Stevens. You know, they kind of always seem to thrive off of that, like, like that little engine that couldn't – That grit. Yeah, that-, that grit. You know, they have, you know, the – the Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder teams that somehow won, you know, 50 plus games and we're getting to the conference finals. Like we knew they weren't, you know, as talented. And obviously Isaiah Thomas turned into an MVP candidate for, you know, two seasons there. Oh yeah. But yeah. I mean, they weren't as talented, but I mean, they were, they were feeding off a of great coaching, great chemistry. They played really hard. And, you know, even last year, obviously after Hayward went down and then Kyrie went down later in the year and they made the playoff run without him, came within a game of beating LeBron to go to the finals, even though that was, Certainly a weaker Cavs team, probably the weakest Cavs team LeBron had in that four-year run. Um, but it just – I don't know. It's just an unhappy team, man. You watch them, it's like nobody seems to find a rhythm. You know, the young guys seem unhappy. You know, Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier have gotten their roles reduced since since Kyrie and Hayward came back this year. And, I mean, every time you think, like, okay, you know, they, they go into Philly. They beat the Sixers. They have this huge, awesome win. All right, they, they finally turned the corner now. Okay, this team's going to coast. They're, they're going to cruise the rest of the season. And now they come out of the All-Star break, and they've lost three in a row, including getting what you said, smacked last night in Toronto, smacked on Saturday night by the freaking Bulls. 
And now they're right back where they were, you know, two weeks ago, which is just a team that's in, in flux. A team that's got a good record, obviously, because they got so much talent. But a team that really, I mean, they've severely underachieved. It's, I mean, really, I'm all here for it as a grade A Boston hater here. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I am all for the Celtic struggle, but it really is unacceptable. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I guess these are all the issues they've been enduring, but. A team with this much talent still should not. I mean, they might, they're fifth in the East. And who knows? I mean, we, we both, I think, agree that Indiana is not going to stay there at three, even though they're having a nice run here. They've been playing kind of a soft schedule. And down the stretch, they they got some tougher games. I think they'll drop. But, I mean, Boston's going to be 4C probably. You're going to have Philly, Toronto, and Boston, all or Philly, Toronto, and Milwaukee all ahead of them. And, I mean, if you would have said that before the season that Boston's going to be the fourth seed in the East, I mean, I think that would have shocked everybody. And they're not going to have home court for, you know, two out of three rounds if they even get that far. Yeah, it's to me, it's Kyrie's got one foot out the door. I don't think he wants to be there. You know, he didn't want to be there this season, I felt like, you know, before the season even started. So, to me, I don't think he really cares what's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think LeBron might be in his ear a little bit. That's just me. Um, you know, because Kyrie's really never gotten to be the guy, you know, when he was supposed to be the guy, LeBron came back <laughs> and right. LeBron, you know, it was never Kyrie brought a championship to, you know, to Cleveland. It was LeBron did, you know, it was never Kyrie hitting the, the shot that ends up winning the game <laughs> in game seven against the Warriors, but he wants to be the guy. And I think him being in Boston's not an ideal situation. So, and I think Hayward's kind of lost. I, yeah. He's, I don't know if it's the system. To watch him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's the system. I don't know if it's the, because he was hurt last year and he still kind of doesn't have that confidence, you know, you know, because, you know, breaking your leg like he did is, you know, crazy. I mean, I can't even imagine coming back from that and going to play in the NBA again. But it's just the whole season. I mean, this is their season. They want to show they have something. They have to start making a run. And right now, yeah, it starts yeah, now. I mean, gotta I mean, start. I mean, you can't. Time left. You can't lose. I mean, yeah, like we were talking, like you said, they're going to the playoffs no matter what. They're most likely going to be a four seed, maybe even a three if they can go on a run and some things happen. But man, this is this is just not. It's not fun to watch for me either. You know, no, it's an unhappy team. You can just feel it. Like it's you know, we're no we're no body language doctors here, but. I guess in some sense I'm saying we are because you can just see that it's not a happy team. And, you know, there's bickering a lot. It doesn't seem like a team that's on the same page ever. And you're right about, about Hayward. Like he'll have a game where, you know, he had a game against the Sixers where he made like six or seven threes or something, had 25, 26 points, I think. And, you know, it's like, wow. All right. This guy's back. He's hitting threes. He's coming off screens aggressively. Then, you know, I think he sprained his ankle and had like a minor ankle sprain over the all-star break and a workout. You know, now they've come back since the All-Star break, and in the three games since, he's looked like the Hayward we've seen for much of the season, which is just a guy that's a shell of himself. And obviously, you know, none of us know what it's like to have an injury like that. It's got to be just as taxing on you mentally as it is physically. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could never – I mean, I could. I don't know about you, but I could never imagine coming back from – Oh, no. I, I'd be scared to death every time I jumped for the rest of my life if that's what happened to me. Yeah, I mean, especially – and under your circumstances, too, this is your first game back – I mean, first team game with a new team, and you just signed this massive contract in the off season to come here, play for your coach that in college, and you know, five minutes, whatever it was, five minutes into the game, <laughs> you're done. 
the season. I mean, yeah, it was all yeah. setting up. You know, I don't, I'll never feel bad for Boston, but it's all, it was all setting up for the dream scenario for Gordon. You know, go to Boston, play for a storied franchise. You're playing for your college coach where you guys went to a national championship together and lost in heartbreaking fashion. Yeah. Unfinished business. You know, it was, it was going to be a nice story. And then, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with him now because he's on the, he's on the hook. He's got a fat contract. It's got, you know, I think two, three years left on it after this year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're probably going to give him more time, you know, at least next season. Certainly we'll see if he can turn it around. I don't, I'd be shocked if he turned it around and got back to his old self this year. I think, you know, we're 60 games into the season almost now. Like, I mean, he could still have an impact, you know, coming off the bench. He might have a good game here or there, but being like an all-star level player on a nightly basis, that's that's just not going to happen this year. So, I mean, we'll see if he can get it back next year, but I don't know. Right, right now, it's not looking good for him. Yeah, I would agree. At this point in the season, he's he's almost like – and it's, I hate to say it because he's so good, but he's in that, like, role-player role. Yeah, no, that's what he is. He comes off the bench. He plays 20 minutes a night. Yep. You, you get what you get from him. You know, you'll get some offense from him. Maybe more one night, but you know, usually it's just going to be a decent amount, and it's sad to me. It is sad. It is. I mean, I feel bad for him. I don't feel bad again for Boston fans, but I feel bad for him. No, oh, yeah. And then you know, kind of going back out to the West, uh, the Thunder. I mean, I don't know if you've watched the last few games. I know the other day they kind of dropped one, but uh, they've really kind of. It seems like Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I mean, I know they've had really good games this year, but. The, the one where they went to, what was it, double overtime? Yeah, that was exciting. That you talked I mean, the other night, that was a great game. Both of those guys, I mean, those guys, they can play like that the rest of the season. I'm not sure if they the Warriors make the NBA championship the way they're playing. I mean, they're not playing overly impressive either. So. No, they're not. I mean, the league's kind of caught up to the Warriors, it seems, don't you think? Like, I mean, from their style a couple of years ago, you know, it was so revolutionary and new and fresh, you know, the ball moved the threes, and it was like, Oh my God! What what is this? Like, holy shit! You know how are we ever going to stop these guys? So now, I mean, obviously they still have a boatload of talent. They're still probably going to win the title, but you know, you see teams all over the league. You know, OKC obviously, and even other teams. I mean, even teams that are, you know, bottom playoff teams in the West, Sacramento and Utah, and teams like that. Like nobody's afraid of them, man. They go into Oracle, and it's like, all right, you know, fuck you. We're gonna we're gonna take it to you from start to finish here. I mean. Houston, we saw go into Golden State the other night and beat them without without James Harden. Oh yeah, that so, was yeah. I mean, that like, was crazy. No, nobody fears them, I think. And getting back to OKC, I I mean, what I mean, Paul George and Russell Westbrook have turned into. I mean, Paul George is essentially what Kevin Durant was there, you know, in his final years, obviously in OKC. Um, I mean, his his production has mimicked that. I think he's averaging about twenty eight points a game, which is what Durant averaged over the last couple seasons there. Um, shooting percentages are about the same. He's shooting a career high, I think, from three over forty percent. Um, and I love. I mean, I, I I still think that is the most formidable team to to beat the Warriors. Even though, I mean, we could say Denver here. They obviously have a good record, but just not quite as battle tested and proven in the playoffs. I, I mean, this group of guys that on that team has really have never even been to the playoffs. Um, OKC just. I'm a little. I mean, the the rest of their team kind of worries me a little. Even though, I mean, they've got some. They've got athletes. They've got guys that fly around out there that can defend and bang against Golden State. But I mean, you look. You go to their bench. It's awfully thin. Like they got Schroeder, and then it's like Nerlens Noel and the corpse of Raymond Felton, and just guys that are like, oh, I don't know. I mean, their starting five is very good with Jeremy Grant too, and Stephen Adams, and even the young guy Ferguson's pretty good. 
Um, their depth worries me a little bit, but then you look at Golden State. I mean, they don't really have any depth either. Yeah. Out of their top six guys, right? So I was going to say the other the other day, I can't remember what game it was, but their starters scored over a hundred points, and they only scored like a hundred and twenty points or something. Yeah, exactly. twenty points. I mean, that's nothing. You know, in in the NBA. Oh, look! I just you know, as I'm watching the Georgetown game, see uh, Boston's losing today. So. You know, Celtics right on cue with what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I like you know the West. The West playoffs are going to be fun for sure. I think. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I still don't know if anyone outside of OKC can really cha- challenge Golden State. But I mean, those matchups are definitely going to be fun. I mean, Houston Portland could be a first round matchup, and if uh, the season ended today, I think we would get OKC Utah in round one, which is a you know, a preview of what we got the other night in that double yeah. T game, which was – that was one of the better NBA games I've watched all season. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I Mitchell was made up for most of it. Too. Yeah, I actually made it up for the whole thing. Um, and, that, and obviously, that was a playoff matchup last year when, when Utah upset them. Obviously, this OKC team without without Carmelo is a little bit better. <laughs> um, but if that's – I mean, if that was a preview of what's to come in the playoffs, I'm all for that series. Yeah, I mean, you know, speaking of Carmelo Anthony, I haven't seen any recent videos of him in the, the Lifetime gym. Oh, I know. I love that gym, by the way. It's, it's a great gym. I would love to know where that gym is. because It's it, got to be in New York somewhere, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure you and me could go there and drop like 100. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the vibe I get from that gym. He's got like the – you ever notice the three-point lines in that gym too? He's got the high school, the college, and yeah. the NBA three points. It's pretty cool. It's got to be like somebody's got to like – be a trainer out of there yeah yeah all these guys somehow or whatever but but yeah no going back to the nba do you think that if the warriors were not to repeat that the winner comes out of the east or the west (sighs) Ah. so essentially do i think the warriors are going to repeat so do you think so if the warriors wouldn't repeat do you think okay. out of the East and the West? Okay. Um, I think the East, I got to say. Even though, I mean, the only team in the West that I can really see winning a title is OKC outside of Golden State. Um, I guess, I mean, Houston's got, got the top-end talent, but I don't think their seed's going to be high enough. They're going to have to win some series on the road. Um, I like Denver's a good team, but I don't think so. I mean, the East, I could see any of those four teams winning the title. Um, you know, as much as Boston, obviously, like we talked about, has struggled, they still have the talent to where it wouldn't shock me. Um, the Sixers, obviously, they, they've got depth issues. They've got, you know, issues sometimes, obviously, a lot of the time with coaching at the end of the games. Don't get me started with that the disaster that we fall into. But, obviously, I mean, it's still the second-best starting five in the league. And then Toronto and Milwaukee have been two of the top three teams in basketball all year. I mean, Milwaukee, I think, has the best point differential in the league. Um, just a ton of guys. And then Toronto, obviously, this isn't the same Toronto team that had all those playoff failures in years past with DeRozan. I mean, this is a Kawhi team, a guy that's got a finals MVP under his belt. Um, so, yeah, I think if, if to answer the question, I'd say it's probably coming from the East if it's not the Warriors. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, the Bucks to me, I mean, I'd probably pick the Bucks over the Warriors as of right now. I just think the Bucks are a flat-out better team right now. Um, nothing impresses me about the Warriors and the way they've been playing recently. And the Bucks just seem to have it. They have that it factor this year that I think is going to take them very far. So, but again, you know, kind of that's enough about the NBA talk, you know. We'll see 
next week where we are, the Celtics can turn it around if playoff for Bron is reactivated because apparently oh, the God. <laughs> so, he's deactivated right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'll be some shenanigans going on over the weekend. But uh, nevertheless, it's an exciting time for the NBA. You know, these Saturday I, – I don't know about you, but the Saturday primetime games I absolutely love because they're always – Really good games. Oh yeah, no, they, I love them too. Yeah, I mean they're always putting the best teams. The Sixers. Yeah, Sixers. no, they got Sixers Warriors this on right? Saturday. I hope that's what I was going to say. Open, open bead plays. You're not going to play tomorrow night against OKC. Uh, um, but they said they're going to reevaluate them before sometime before Saturday's game. So I'm hoping it's a you know it's a, it's a home game too. The crowd's going to be rocking prime time Saturday night against the best team in basketball. Um, it would really be a shame if he's not playing. But keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, and especially after they went in there and knocked them off. Yeah, exactly. You already beat them once. It's got it. That would be definitely a good game. Uh, but anyways, so transitioning into the college world of basketball, obviously, where for some teams they're finishing up their season tonight in kind of the mid-major conferences and lower conferences, and then for others, there's about three to four games left, depending on when you played this week. Uh. So it's a very exciting time for college basketball also. So I know you want to talk about tonight's game that's coming on in about – Oh, yeah, about a half hour. Yeah, uh, and Villanova versus Marquette. You know, big game last time, obviously, with Marquette, you know, kind of going out ahead big kind of quick and then Villanova fighting all the way in. But now Villanova's kind of slumping. So what do you yes, expect? Yes, we are. Slumping real bad. Lost four out of five, three in a row. Yeah, I mean, I think getting back at home tonight will be big. Um, the last three losses were all on the road. Kind of strange you had three straight con- uh, road games in conference. I feel like that doesn't usually happen throughout the schedule. Oh, don't, even, um, don't even get me started about the big schedule. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, after, I, was, I mean, we knew they weren't going to started off 10 and 0 in the big east and this is even a down year for nova that's something they haven't even done in the years that they've been truly elite the last couple of years um but you know i figured they'd lose some games but it just it just seems like the second half they fall apart right now um i mean that st john's game a couple of weeks ago was got out to the huge lead totally fell apart in the second half couldn't guard the three-point line couldn't score a lot of quick shots early in the shot clock same thing in xavier uh on sunday um you know i had a lead for about, you know, three-fourths of the game then just pissed it away at the end. Terrible shots. I mean, like, I know he's got he's got a lot on his plate. This is a, you know, a down Nova year. There's not a whole lot of creators on the on the perimeter. Certainly not accustomed with, to what they've had in years past. He's always, he feels like he's got to force it, but he's, he takes a lot of bad threes, man, early in the clock. And, you know, especially when he's not going, he just, you know, he's going for the home run to try to get him back in the game. It doesn't work. Um but I, I do actually like them to bounce back tonight. They played on Marquette, obviously. That was the start of the losing slide here. But that was actually a game that they played really well in. Um, fought back from down double digits in the second half. Came back and actually took the lead momentarily. Ended up losing by one, but it was a great game. Um, I think they I think they get back on track at home. First home game in like two weeks tonight. Um, it'll be a good one, but I do think they'll get revenge on them tonight. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I mean, I'm sure you'll probably agree with this too, but they look tired, Phil Booth and uh, Eric Pascal and all those guys. You know, they just look tired. And Javon Quinterly, obviously, is a five-star coming out of high school. He's gotten, gotten a little more burn because he's playing a little bit better. But 
I feel like not him not playing earlier in the season during the non-conference time is kind of hurting them right now because you want him to get all those kind of bad habits or whatever they may be, get his conditioning up. There's a lot. There's a big difference between game conditioning and practice conditioning, and kind of he's playing well, but not enough where Phil Booth can take five minutes if he needs. No, to. <laughs> it's not reliable enough. I mean, he plays well, yeah, through stretches. And in low-pressure situations, but sometimes, like, you know, in these Big East Road games, the crowd's rocking. Like, he looks like a deer in the headlights out there. And, and you just can't trust him in a close game, you know, to really take the reins and control the offense. No, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the problem I'm finding with Villanova is they're kind of just getting – those guys just burned out, it seems like. And I don't know if it's going to take, like, resting them, <laughs> like a scene hall when they play them next week, next weekend or whatever. Because, I mean, if you lose tonight, you're pretty much set as the second in, you know, the conference. Yeah, I mean, they're not even ranked now, too. They fell out of the rankings this week, um, rightfully so, after three straight losses. I still think, I mean, I could see them pulling it together and being a threat, you know, come tournament time. They could be an upseed. I think – because I think – I still think they can play with anyone, honestly. Um, I mean, not to say that they're going to go in and, you know, beat Duke or beat Virginia or somebody, but I think they could be competitive, but – it's, it's just, you know, the lack of depth, you know, the depth isn't there from years past. The three-point shooting's not quite there, and the defense isn't there. I mean, they don't really have the same interior defense that they had in years past either. No, yeah, definitely. And like I said, or like you said, actually, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like a three or four seed, you know, especially if they end up winning the Big East tournament. Right. And they can obviously play with anybody. I kind of found saw that when uh, they ended up – going, you know, toe-to-toe with Kansas, and that was the full-time, you know, that was the full-time Kansas team that wasn't this kind of team that they've got playing now. Yeah. (laughs) So, but they can obviously play with anybody. They're really well coached. You know, Jay Wright's really got them going. But it's going to be a matter of if those guys and Pascal and Phil Booth and even Connor Gillespie, that they can kind of carry them. So. Yeah, starts tonight. It's a big one tonight, obviously. So. Absolutely, you got to get through tonight to even. And uh, honestly, if you win tonight, there it is. There's your, you know, probably definitely at least a four seed, I would say, because mm-hmm. yeah, definitely some big wins. Obviously, you lost to Kansas on the road, but beat Florida State. You would have beaten Marquette then. Um, yeah. yeah, there's some good wins in there. Yeah, so I would say that probably solidifies you as a four. Definitely, if you guys, you know, go far in a Big East tournament, even win it. Yeah. So, then some other good games over the weekend just to kind of discuss is we'll start with the big one, Kentucky-Tennessee. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, what is it, 2 o'clock Saturday? 2 o'clock start. Midday, I like it, early start. Um, in Knoxville. Yeah, well, they got to get revenge, right? Um, yeah, that, that, that game, what was it, last two weekends ago? That was, I mean, I was a little surprised Tennessee got kind of knocked off their guard like that, but I mean, Kentucky, you know, we see this with these Calipari teams. They, you know, start the season slow. You know, obviously they had the blowout loss against Duke this year. First game of the year, they kind of meandered their way through. And they seem like they're always clicking by the right time come February, come March. Um, poised to make a run deep in the tournament. Um, even last night, I mean, they played like shit for the first half against the crap Arkansas team at home. Um, and even though Arkansas is not good, I like the resolve Kentucky showed in the second half of that game. Um, really got after it defensively. Tyler Harrow, Hero, whatever his name is, was jacking threes. He, he couldn't miss. 
Um, you know, it was it was good to see them kind of get a character win like that, even though Arkansas is not necessarily a good team. Um, and obviously, it's it's you know it's the biggest test they're going to have this year, going into Knoxville. Tennessee has been. It seems like ever since that Kentucky game, they've kind of been knocked off their guard a little bit. They I, they haven't looked like the same team to me. I mean, didn't they lose? They they lost somebody over the weekend too, right? They, yeah, they they lost to uh, LSU on you know. LSU is good, but still. Yeah, I mean there was a questionable call in LSU. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and for both Kentucky and Tennessee, you know, obviously the Kentucky game, they were looking at the clock, but clearly couldn't see the ball over the cylinder because they couldn't review it. Mm-hmm. And then in the Tennessee game, I can't remember what it was, but it was a very questionable call that probably should have went Tennessee's way. Yeah, but. For me, both these teams kind of have something to prove, not only against each other, but for themselves. Because Tennessee, like you said, has been really kind of in the slump since that Kentucky game. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've really watched them as much, but against I've watched them recently. I had they had even their their win against like Vandy was kind of ugly. Yeah, I mean that game. Vandy was in that game for yeah, you know, thirty five minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I mean, there's no in no way should a team like Tennessee be in a game with Vanderbilt at home. That's just my opinion. Vanderbilt. Yeah, no, I, yeah, definitely no, When we were kind of in middle school, high school, Vanderbilt was a good team. Right. Yeah, you know, I think they were even ranked one at one point. You know? they, were, they were your classic five seed, lose to the 12 every year. Yeah, exactly. So, but this game for me is one of those you need to, you know, whoever wins this game is going to have a lot of momentum kind of going to the SEC tournament. And going into the NCAA tournament because, and like I saw some interesting things after Kentucky got blown out or Kentucky blew out Tennessee. I'm sorry. Uh, the Tennessee really hasn't played anybody <laughs> since, you know, that game against Gonzaga. Yeah. So, and it kind of, it's true. I mean, the SEC is, you know, pretty weak. You know, that was, that was early in the season too. I mean, sometimes these, these out of conference games, like I know they're, you know, they're big games, they're important and they matter on their resume, but. A lot of the a lot of the time, these teams are so much different come February, March than they are in November, December. No, yeah, I mean, and this to me, you know, these teams. I mean, like you said, uh, Hero played lights out the other night or last night actually. Uh, he honestly, he single handedly won that game for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And coming back because he was hurt, I believe, or he was yeah, sick. no, he was uh-huh. So I mean, that game was huge for him. And he's he's an awesome player. He's going to take Kentucky, in my opinion, deep into the, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I like the way they're looking. Yeah. So, who do you think you got this week for that game? Uh I mean, it's it's gut check time for Tennessee. I mean, obviously, this is the biggest game they're going to have there in that you know in that place in years. Um, a home game against Kentucky, and you know this is about as good as good as a team as they've had in years, but. I don't know, man. They, I can't trust them the way they've been playing recently. I think Kentucky's just a better team right now. And, you know, a couple weeks ago when we talked about these two teams playing, I was like, ah, you know, they'll split. They're pretty evenly matched. But after watching Kentucky kind of take it to them last time and the way Kentucky just looks like a confident team recently and Tennessee is just kind of – it seems like something's been – you know, like the armor might have been cracked a little bit. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of – I'll make an NFL analogy here. You know, remember when the Saints went into Dallas on that Thursday night this year and – just got steamrolled and could not move the ball and were shell-shocked and really weren't quite the same the whole rest of the season, even though they got to the NFC Championship game. Sort of reminds me a little bit of that, like just the mental side, like, ugh, I, I don't I don't know if we can measure up to this elite competition. I know it's a home game. I think they're going to, you know, it's going to be emotional, but 
I think I'd have to say Kentucky's going to win. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, to me, Tennessee is kind of really taking a back. See, I used to think, you know, even as of two weeks ago, before even before that Kentucky, I thought they were the best team in the country, hands down. They scored. They played really great defense, but they're just they just look like they're in a slump. They're in in a funk. They need to kind of get out big in this game. I feel like if they have any chance of winning, if they keep it close, Kentucky's gonna you know end up winning this game because you can't match it. You can't match Calipari and his intensity. You can't match the team's intensity when he gets like that. Mm-hmm. So, to me, this game. Was... And then just to kind of quickly outline next game. Is going to be a Sunday game, three forty-five contest at the University of Maryland between Michigan and Maryland. Love to hear your thoughts on that game because I find that both teams aren't extremely good. I think Maryland's playing well for what they have, but have also taken kind of an advantage of a weaker Big Ten than we normally see. And I don't think Michigan's really that good at all. I think they not nah, either. Yeah, a Big Ten schedule. You know, I think we saw that on Sunday when they played Michigan State because Michigan State's missing some of their top guys. Yeah, they're missing Langford and what's his name? The, the big guy broke his hand too. Is he coming back, by the way? I think he might be back for the NCAA tournament, but he's definitely out for the rest of the season. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, in turn- uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I, I don't like Michigan all that much. Um, like you said, I mean, that game on Sunday, like they kind of led for most of it, but kind of really never felt like they were going to pull away. And Michigan State certainly, I mean, didn't they, they hold them to, like, they scored four points over, like, a 10-minute stretch or something in the second half? Yeah. It something was, ridiculous. It was something insane. And, I mean, even towards the end, they kind of looked like they – I mean, they just couldn't score at the end, Michigan State. And that's what Michigan State kind of does to you. Mm-hmm. There's been plenty of times this year where Michigan State has gone down big. I mean, we saw it against Rutgers, and they ended up coming back. I know it's Rutgers, but they were down big in that game at halftime. Uh, we saw against Purdue earlier in the year. They did lose that game to Purdue at Purdue, but they again were down big at that game too, and ended up making it uh, a very close game. And yeah. another time they did it too. I forgot who it was against, but you know this team clearly wants to prove something. That you know it's kind of the same old story. I feel like every year everybody's talking about Michigan State beginning of the year, and they kind of lay down the same type of <laughs> same same type of season every single year. Where oh you know they could be one of the best teams in the country, they lose maybe two games early. They go into the Big Ten, they don't play as well as everybody thinks they should, and here we are. And now all of a sudden they're leading the Big Ten, and you know could possibly cruise into an NCAA tournament two or three seed if they you know really get it going towards the end. You know like they have so. It is surprising with the injuries that they've been able. I mean Josh Langford and Ward now too. I mean those are two of your. Probably three best players, right? I mean, along with Winston, I'd say. Oh yeah, no, uh, yeah, no those yeah, those are probably your second and third best players. Um, so yeah, I mean, credit to them, credit to Izzo, man, just keeping that ship together year after year. Um, I mean, in a year with the Big Ten, I mean, I think both of us don't really enjoy watching Big Ten basketball that much. They're probably the only team that I'd like to watch because, um, like we said, we both, you know, you've kind of been on the Michigan's overrated bandwagon all year. Um, I thought early on they looked pretty legit. Obviously, they smoked Nova and Nova had a couple other nice wins. Um, they beat beat Carolina pretty impressively too. Um, but like I also said earlier, some you know those early early season wins, you know, at a conference, they you know obviously they mean something, but sometimes can be a little overrated just because these teams aren't finished products. You know, they're still learning each other. It's it's so early in the season, um, and they obviously haven't looked the same recently. And Maryland, like we said. Um, 
Maryland's been coming on a little bit, and I don't love them either, but they've been playing pretty good basketball recently. No, yeah, they – they what's the guy – the big man's name? I forgot. I know it's Fernando something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's playing lights out. They're a really good team for what they are. They're young. They're gritty. They get things done. They are always, you know, the game. They never blow out teams. I mean, obviously, we, we saw them get blown out tonight in Penn State, but they they're always in games for the most part, and then somehow always pull it away. You know, they're a good quality team, especially for a Maryland that hasn't been what usually Maryland basketball is the last few years. Mm-hmm. You know, you're used to seeing Maryland that whether when they were in the ACC, you're used to them being at the top of the ACC. You're used to seeing Maryland be competitive, no matter what. And you really haven't seen that the last few years since they've really transitioned to the Big Ten. So it's kind of nice. I will say, I mean, I absolutely hate Maryland, but it's kind of nice to see, you know, that they can finally play some basketball in the Big Ten. And I thought, honestly, they could have, you know, earlier in the year, they they could have a chance of winning the Big Ten. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But, you know, they are playing really well. It has some big wins. So this one could be even bigger. I mean, Michigan is ranked ninth, and they are Michigan. So. Yeah, I like I like Maryland this weekend, honestly. Just because, you know, it's a home game. It's the, probably the biggest game of the season. Um, I like the way they've been playing. I just I haven't liked what I've seen from Michigan recently. I think, I think Maryland's going to win that game. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. I think Maryland's going to win this game. I don't, No, Michigan, to me, like you said, I think they're overrated. But I think Maryland's going to end up pulling. I think it's close. I don't think either team, you know, kind of blows each other out. But I think Maryland ends up pulling this one, you know, probably about five points, I would say. They probably went by. Yeah, I can see that happen. I think it's going to be a close one. And then kind of transition to our last subject of the night is bubble season. Bubble season. I love it. We all love bubble season. Everybody who loves college basketball is glued to the TV or wherever you like to get your information on some bracketology because most of the people in this country probably don't watch some mid-major basketball like I do. I know you (laughs) So, you're, you're the mid-major specialist, man. I mean, I will say I'm about to be three and zero in my picks tonight. So there you yeah. go. No, no big deal. But <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out a few teams to you, Morris, and then you tell me if you think they're in or out, and then you know just kind of based off of the name, and then we'll kind of dig a little bit deeper. We have a few minutes left, so we can kind of discuss it a little bit. So the first team I'm going to throw out to you is Syracuse. <sighs> Ah, uh, probably got to go in, right? I think they got enough. They got enough good wins. They beat Duke at Duke, um, playing in a tough conference in the ACC, probably the best conference in the country. Um, they got enough quality wins, I think. Even though I mean they're only eighteen and ten, but I think the resume is good enough there too. Um, I think they're in. Yeah, I would agree. I think beating Duke at at Duke is the big one. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I think if you beat Duke at Duke this year. You deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, nine and so, six in the nine and six in the ACC. If you got a winning record in the ACC, I think you're good. Yeah, I mean, I know Trey Jones didn't play that game, but that really doesn't matter. Uh, you know, and they have, you know, they do have a bad loss in. You know, they lost to Buffalo at home. They did lose to, I believe, Old Dominion at home. But they, I think, they've done enough to kind of make it. You know, they, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them play on that that uh, Tuesday. You know, first four, you know. First four in? (laughs) So, I would agree. I think they're in. And I think the name still holds weight uh, in Syracuse. I don't think, you know, if the NCAA is out to make money, I don't think they leave Syracuse out of this. 
Yeah, I, I'd be shocked if they did. And then, so the next team I'll throw out to you is Auburn. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of talk about them recently. I think I'd probably got to say they're out. Um, just playing in a weak conference, playing in the SEC. Um, again, I mean, not a bad team. They've got some decent wins. Um, they were com- they were competitive early in the year too, weren't they? They were ranked like fairly high at one point. They were right? they were a top ten, if not top five, going into uh into the season. They were yeah. They went to Maui and they beat Xavier, and they that's right. And Xavier's not even that good. Yeah, and then I mean they absolutely. I mean this was this is the second week of the season for most right. Of them. Uh, and they ended up beating they beat Xavier, then lose to Duke, obviously. But I don't think that I like. I would agree. I don't think they're in either. They to me they they haven't done a, you know, their average in SEC play in SEC is you know probably one of the worst conferences you know as like the big names get so I would say Auburn's probably out yeah seven and seven in the SEC I don't think it's getting it done um, they got smoked by Kentucky too over the weekend twice um, twice yeah, twice and they lost to them earlier too um, I mean you know the the better teams in the in the SEC they just haven't played well against. Lost to LSU too. Um, have they played? Not sure they've played Tennessee. Yet. I think they played Tennessee the last game of the season. So that's a big one for them there. If they're able to win that game, that's obviously a huge resume builder. Then there could probably be a maybe. Um, but right now, I'd say they're out. Yeah. If anything, Auburn's going to have to take advantage of, like you said, that that game against Tennessee and making a huge run in the SEC tournament. Yeah. And then the next team. Is, you know, this is for our good friend and fellow. Oh, I know where you're. I know where you're going. For uh, PJ Anderson, what do you think of Georgetown? Ah, uh, I like the Hoyas, man. They're a uh, as PJ and I discussed earlier in the year. They're a uh, they're a league pass team of college basketball. Um, people don't know what that means. You know, watching NBA league pass might not necessarily be the best team, but they're a fun team to watch. And they're they are a fun team to watch. They're on right now. I think they were. Last time I checked, they were winning pretty big over DePaul. Yeah, they just they just beat DePaul. They did? Okay. 78-71. Yeah, I mean, they're a fun team to watch. They score. They get up and down the court. Um, they play They play a fun style. Um, I do like their their young players there. I think Akinjo, that's how you pronounce it, right? Akinjo, yes. Akinjo, yeah, he's he's good, man. He's He's got some electrifying game. Um, McClung has been, I don't want to say a disappointment, but you know, a little underwhelming, I guess. But again, he's only a freshman. Um, they obviously still have Govan too, who's you know been a good player on a lot of losing teams there, and kind of has you know his first chance to actually do something and make a run this year. Um, yeah, they're they're a fun team to watch, but obviously you know beat Nova pretty well, pretty easily last week. <laughs> beat them handily at home. That was an ugly game. Um, but credit to Georgetown. I mean, they played really well. Um, but I think you know. Being only six and eight in the Big East, which you know the Big East is competitive. It's got a lot of teams that you know beat each other, basically. Um, I just, uh, if we're going off of just today, I'd probably say they don't have enough to get in. Beat Seton Hall on a Saturday, I think they're in. Lose Seton Hall, I don't think there's yeah. even in the discussion. They got Marquette too, last game of the year. That's obviously a huge game. They got to, they kind of have to win that game almost. That is true, and that brings me to. Our next team, Seton Hall. Now, these Big East teams are tough, man. You could, well, you could, you could go up and down the list of anywhere well, this, from th- three to ten in the Big East and make a case for any of them. Um, 
Seton Hall, I do, I do think Seton Hall is a little bit better than Georgetown, even though uh, – <clears throat> are they – now, Seton Hall beat Georgetown, right? They already beat Georgetown. That's right. They and blew then, Georgetown yeah. out. Oh, yeah. that's right. They blew them out at home, I remember now. And then the rest of their schedule for the Big East. So, as of today, it's at Georgetown Saturday, then Marquette, and then Villanova. So, that's that's some prove-it wins there. But then at both the um, – looking now, the Marquette and Nova games are both at home, too. That's almost like you kind of have to win both those games. At least one, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, preferably against Marquette because Marquette's probably the better team. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Kentucky win obviously looms large. I mean, that was a huge win over a team that now looks like to be one of the three or four best teams in the country, probably going to get a one seed in the tournament. Um, so that's obviously, you know, their most impressive win. Lost to Louisville in a close competitive game. Um, beat Maryland, which was obviously huge too. So, I mean, they do have impressive wins. They're gonna. They're a tough one. I think they're. They've got a better case. I think the Georgetown does, just because they're more signature wins. Um, I'd say they're in. They're. They're right on the bubble. They're probably the closest team. You know. That... Yeah, I. I would definitely agree with that. Obviously, I'm a Seton Hall fan, but beating Kentucky, you know, in overtime earlier in the season. Granted, it was at a neutral court in MSG, but I mean, any. Big team that goes into MSG is probably getting home home court advantage, as you would say. Yeah. Uh, so I would say definitely that's the biggest win. Obviously, they go to Maryland, end up beating them. You, you could have a chance to sweep Georgetown right now. You know, come Saturday, split with St. John's. I think if they had beaten St. John's on Saturday, that there there's no discussion anymore because everybody has St. John's in a tournament. I don't think there's even a discussion. Yeah. No, they're in. I don't, uh, love, I don't love them either, honestly. I kind of think Seton Hall might be better, but they're in. Well, the problem is is that they've swept uh, Marquette and, you know, beat Villanova. Right, right. So, you know, to me, they need to beat at least – you know, I think in my opinion, as of today, they're in. They need to beat Georgetown on Saturday, definitely. And they need to beat one of two in Marquette or Villanova. Yeah, Which, definitely, definitely one of two. Which to me, I think is doable. No, I do too. Because I mean, they went to Marquette and only lost by I think it was five points earlier in the beginning. Yeah. You know, season. Obviously, they get blown out in Villanova, but that game was kind of like I mean, that was one of Villanova's classic. I'm just gonna shoot anything. Yeah, they just made everything to go in. So yeah, right. So, but to me, I think they're in. Uh, you know, no matter what, right now, it's gonna take I think a little bit more, especially in the Big East tournament. And I mean, this is, uh, we're not even going to talk Big East tournament tonight, but any of these Big East teams, I feel like, can run the table and eventually win that tournament. That's just what the Big East is this year. Yeah. I mean, the Big East is fine. It's competitive. It's, it's, it seems like it's more relevant, you know, at least from top to bottom now than it's been over the last couple of years since the realignment. Um, you know, might not have the, the quite, you know, the top heavy teams that, you know, obviously Nova's a little bit down. Xavier was a very good team for a number of years. Um, but you don't really have your stinkers. You know, Georgetown obviously was just, you know, I pencil that in as a W for, you know, a bunch of seasons before DePaul too. Um, so it's it's more competitive. It's definitely more fun to watch now. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I know we didn't we talked about Xavier kind of being one of those teams that's kind of been slumping towards, you know, they were high expectations at the beginning of the year, even though. New coach, kind of rebuilding, lost a lot of talent last year, but 
even them, I mean, they went in, they beat Seton Hall at Seton Hall on Wednesday. They beat Villanova on Sunday. And you know, it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me if they couldn't even make a little bit of a run, you know. So it's gonna be definitely, I would say, interesting these next few weeks. And if you are a casual college basketball fan or kinda of really don't get into it until tournament time, definitely gotta tune into these next two weeks probably of the regular season because there's a lot Things that are going to happen that are going to be oh, this, yeah this is prime season right here this is going to get good yeah so so that ends our first uh mike and the mad dog uh podcast <laughs> yeah uh make sure you guys follow joker mag and sneaky plays on both twitter and follow us on whatever mobile device you have whether it's you know and for the podcast you know tyler o'shea's got his podcast hustle and motivation doing great things there. Make sure you tune into segment two of the Sneaky Plays podcast with baseball and the fellow Dirty Do, Bergen County guy, Joey Duffy. So uh, it's a lot of good things coming out of Joker Mag. You know, Tino's not here to kind of break down the articles this week. I have nothing coming for you guys as of right now. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, have a good weekend. Enjoy your college basketball. Enjoy your NBA, and, I mean, enjoy your spring training in baseball. I know a lot of us are looking forward to that, too. This podcast was brought to you by JokerMag.com, home of the underdog.